Welcome back to Nothing to See Here. This is episode 51. This is your co-host, Kat. Um, today, we have something kind of special for you. So Alicia preached a message on Sunday for Mother's Day, and like it was not your typical Mother's Day sermon, which I loved. Um, I like it when people speak outside of the box, and they're not generic and basic with their messages on like specific holidays. Um, but this one was so great. Um, she kind of was paralleling two different stories in the Bible that I would never have put together and she was showing mainly like one of the points that I wrote down that I'm just going to share right now because it was so good so that you're like wow this was great um she said most of us don't have a problem with being in Jesus's presence we have a problem with obeying his commands and that right there I had to write down because I was like that is absolutely so true and so amazing we don't have a problem with being with Jesus but as soon as he tells us to do something we're like you know <laughs> I think I'm busy that day. So um, just sit back, enjoy this message. I'm telling you guys, you're going to get so much out of it. Um, definitely rewatch. You know, this is listening. Oh my gosh. Definitely re-listen again. Um, and I'm sorry, I'd say again, really funny. And everyone makes fun of me for that. So I couldn't help not. I guess it's again, which that just sounds stupid, but I say again. So re-listen to this again, if you can. Oh, just bars. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is why Alicia should be here because she stops me from doing stupid stuff. Re-listen if you can, because um, there's going to be a lot of really great um, things in here, a lot of things that you'll need to write down so that you can reapply to your life. Um, some questions that she asked that I would definitely encourage you to ask yourself um, in your everyday life. And when you're in your quiet time and when you're spending that time with God, just be like, wow, is this what I'm doing? Um, definitely some deep stuff in here, guys. And I'm just going to let her take over and I hope you guys enjoy it. You would think on Mother's Day I would have this awesome sermon full of just awesome flowery things to make you smile. I could talk about Esther and how she pressed through. We could talk about Ruth and how she found her Boaz. But the word that the Lord has given me is heavy, and so I'm going to tell you it first. I know, I heard some of you just be like, great. And then the husbands who were made to come today because it was Mother's Day was like, awesome, you brought me here for this? Yes, the Holy Spirit brought you here today for this. Because I'm gonna tell you when I, I wrestled with this sermon with the Lord, I said, this is Mother's Day. I mean, you could give me a heavy sermon on any other time. You could give it to me on my podcast, something, but you want me to speak this today? And he said, yes. Because I feel like it follows where Brian has been. Last week, my husband spoke an incredible word called pick a side. And today, I believe that God, uh, you got to a place where I believe most of you in here have picked a side, but now there are going to be requirements. I think we live in a day and age where we assume that as long as we're saved, we're good. Well, I'm, I'm sorry to burst your bubble that you've been living in, but that's not what I find in the word of God. I find that there are requirements and expectations that God does have for us and they're clearly defined in the word of God. We have no problem putting expectations and requirements on other people. We, we require our kids to do certain things. There's expectations on pastors that make no sense. Several years ago, we had a lady email in that she left the church because I did not say hi to her in the hallway. I, I don't live like a narcissist and think every person is coming here and they hope and that, that, that we would talk. If I lived that way, something would be wrong with me. My, my question was, did you say hello? 
Maybe I was in the middle of trying to grab my child. Maybe they texted me and said, your child's acting up and you've got to come in here and spank them. I have no idea. But that expectation can be just draining on people. And I think a lot of times we'll put them on people and we don't have a problem. But the moment a pastor or a preacher or evangelist or Holy Spirit himself begins to tell you, I need you to shift some of your priorities, we go, whoa, where's grace? Well, grace is there to empower you to do the thing that he's asked you to do. I'm going to get into the Bible because I'm already getting really excitable. All right. I got to give you Bible because if I don't read a scripture, that's just wrong. Okay. So Luke 19, one through 10, he entered Jericho and was passing through and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was seeking to see who Jesus was, but in account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead, climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. Do you hear this song every time you read it? Okay, just wondering you guys that came from back way in the day. For he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, I want you to hurry and come down for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone and to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor and I have defrauded anyone of anything. I will restore it fourfold. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house since he also is a son of Abraham for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. There is so much there that I have got little time to unpack. We've heard this story. So what I'm asking you to do is to see it differently today. It's kind of like when you picture and you look in a picture, I, I was doing jury duty. I got called for it and I was excited because I've seen the movie 12 Angry Men. Anybody know that movie? And I was like, I'm going to turn everybody, you know, but I, I, I didn't have to worry about it. But so I was on a jury and, and we were in there and we, we had heard all the information and we had pictures and we were looking through and we came back in there and all of us were good, but one man, he said, I'm struggling with something. And, and so I spoke up because just my personality, I said, what are you struggling with? He said, I'm struggling with this part of it. And I pulled out a picture that they had given and I slid the picture over to him and I said, this would not be here if he was not a part of this because he said nothing in this belonged to him, but isn't this his? And, and he goes, that's all I needed, thank you. All he needed was to see a different angle on the picture that we had all been looking through the entire time. So what I'm asking you today is as I take you through the story, I want you to be willing to shift the way that you've seen it and see it a little bit differently because we talk about picking a side. And so we've picked a side. We say, God, you are all that I want. God, I will serve you. You are Lord of my life. But when's the last time you've ever asked him about the stuff that you do in your life if he's okay with it? Oh, well, he would tell me, would he? Has he? Can he? Because I think a lot of times we assume he's okay with what we're doing or he would tell us, or maybe we should be asking him. See, what I think is very interesting about the story of Zacchaeus is most people don't have a problem seeing Jesus. You're here today because you don't have a problem seeing Jesus. The shift that happened in Zacchaeus' life was the fact that he was obedient when Jesus said, come down from that tree. That's when everything shifted. Him climbing up a tree to see Jesus didn't shift a thing in his life. You coming to church, if I'm honest, is not going to be the end all of shifting the things in your life. 
It's going to be your ability to obey what God has asked. Well, what does the word requirement mean? It's something that you must do, something that you need. Requirements will rearrange your priorities. When he asked Zacchaeus to come down, that moment is when for Zacchaeus in his life, things and priorities were shifting as he was coming down that tree. Maybe you've been in a church service before where the anointing is there and God is moving and you can feel something trying to stir to tell you there's some things that need to shift. Because the things that God is going to require of us as a church and individuals as believers are going to rearrange what our priorities are. And here's the deal. When we come into church services, we're coming in with pains. We're coming in with hurt. And one of the most beautiful things that I, that I feel about this church, and it was spoken over us years ago, is this is a place that people find freedom and healing from church hurt. Church hurt to me is a lot of times worse than just a sinner walking in. Because you've been treated wrongly by people who, who slapped Jesus's name on it. You've served under people. I was so done with church, not Jesus, that I yelled in my vehicle and told God, don't you ever, and I mean ever, ask me to be on a church staff ever again. I said, I'm telling you, I'll do anything for you but that. Anything. I'll go to any country. Like, there's not many people that are offering that. So send me to Uganda where I will go, but do not make me be on a church staff with people. People that don't know how to function, people who are emotionally unhealthy, people that don't know how to communicate, narcissistic leaders, I don't want anymore, who are trying to relive glory days they never had in high school, so now they're trying to be cool because they never were cool before. I was done with it. I just said, God, I just love you. I just want to serve you. We got all of these bearers and armors and things and people and drivers and all this stuff. Who, who do we think we are? Thank you. Yes. Who do we think we are? We were called to serve. Jesus didn't have none of those people. I know they didn't have cars. He didn't have, he didn't have them picking them up on his shoulders. All my feet are tired. You got to take me to this next place. But that's how we functioning in the body of Christ. We got people that are elevating themselves and not elevating Jesus. And there needs to be some priorities that need to be rearranged. So you've got Zacchaeus who has no problem in the moment getting up on a tree. And I'm telling you, most of you have no problem seeing Jesus. It's the second part that we have an issue with. It's the second part that we're struggling with. The part where it says, he looked up to him and said, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down for I must stay at your house today. We don't have an issue being in his presence. We have an issue following him where he leads. Now, if he's leading you out of a problem, you're like, great, this is wonderful. But if he's leading you away from your favorite show, oh, I have to pray about that one. Well, who are you praying to? Because <laughs> I don't think it's Jesus. And some of us, we, I'm, I'm going to hit on a few things today and you're just going to have to deal with it because I got the mic and this is where I'm at because I got a couple of soap boxes because I'm just kind of tired that we just look like the world. 
I'm kind of tired that we're making excuses and our children are growing up around those excuses and what we begin to tolerate, they're going to do in excess. So because we tolerated homosexuality in shows and we would just fast forward that one scene, but I still want to watch it and I'm talking to myself, I'm not just talking to you, our kids will then do it in excess. See, this is where we get quiet in the church. Oh, you're talking about, I'm talking about something in the Bible. I have nothing but love. I walked one, I walked somebody through getting set free. We married somebody getting set free out of the homosexual. I will walk you through it, but I will not condone when you live in a lifestyle contrary to what God has designed. I will not let demonic activity have the last say in your life. And I'm passionate about that. Because if I allow that, then I'm allowing you one day to cry out and say, why didn't somebody just tell me the truth? All y'all loved me and said it was okay. Now I'm burning because you couldn't told me what the truth was because you were afraid how I'd think about you. He read scriptures last week. They're going to dislike you the way they dislike me, but speak truth. Truth is the only thing that sets free, not love. Love will cover the multitude of sin they are in, but they cannot get free until truth is spoken and lived out in their life. We have got to be more bold in how we walk out this life. And, and here's the deal. This started from the very beginning. It wasn't that Eve questioned God being trustworthy. She just liked what the devil had to say better. Because what happens is, is the devil pricked a part in her where she was already questioning, do I have everything I need? So what happens is, it's not that you don't trust God, you just like what the enemy's telling you can do more. You like that he's giving you a way. He will use scripture, church, to let you do what you want to do. He will use scripture so that when you use profanity, you can say, well, it's covered by grace. No, grace empowers you not to do that. Not to go, oh, it's covered by the blood. Paul says, don't use your salvation as a license to sin. And we do that. We flash this card like, oh, don't worry. I'm saved. <laughs> don't you worry about that word I just said. Ah, I'll put it right here. And we think that's good. Thanks, God. Thanks for covering that for me when it's so much deeper and so much more. And I think we've gotten to a place. My other soapbox I'm going to stand on for a minute is music because this is what I do. And I'll never forget years ago, God said, I want you to get all secular music out of your life. And I was like, God, I need to hear Whitney. That's, I mean, that is who I'm trying to sing like. And he said, but do you, are you wanting to live like her? And I said, no. There's a few things I'm not particularly proud of. And he said, when, understand her sound releases something when she's in the midst of that. Oh, well, Alicia, I don't know if that's true. Okay, well, in 1 Samuel 16, 3, we see David come and play a harp to release the evil spirit that was tormenting Saul away from him by a sound. David wasn't singing. It would have said that. The Bible's very clear. When, they, when the people wrote the Bible, they were very clear about what they wanted to say. If they wanted to say that, they would have put that in there. He played a sound. So let me challenge you with this. I love, I heard it said this way. Sometimes the sound of music will almost diminish your ability to discern what's really happening. If you notice in the room, even in worship, there's a shift that happens and you can feel the room shift by the sound. That happens with all music. 
And I think for so long, we've made excuses within the church world to say, well, I mean, it's not that bad. Okay, if I brought you some brownies and I told you in those brownies, there was one turd mixed in it. Just a tiny one, tiny little turd. Tiny little rabbit turd. It's not even that big a deal. But it's okay. It's still really good brownies. You won't even taste the turd. Problem is, it's still in there. The problem is, it's still gonna affect you. Problem is, it's still in there. And I think we've gotten to a place where we are just wanting to have what we want. We just want to do what we want. And I challenge us as parents, even with, I would even say Christian music, and I would say with all music, print out the lyrics and make your children read what they're listening to. And then say, man, do you really want to be singing about 900 different breakups that this person has been through? Like that's all this person sings about is everybody leaves her. Well, you are the common denominator in this story, ma'am. So can, can we look inwardly and get you some emotional help? I mean, that, that's, what, that's what I want to offer. We have stuff that are, are, we have words and lyrics that are singing, well, I just like the beat. That's like a man saying, I just like the pornography books for the articles. There's a sound that is transmitting a spirit. And until we really believe it, and let me challenge you, have you asked God if he's okay with it? See, I don't think we go and ask God. I think we go to God with the answers we know we're going to get. I don't think we actually ask God, where are you on this? Because here's the thing, for what God does not fill, the devil will. What area in your life that God is not filling, the enemy will be more than happy to fill it. He'll be more than happy to bring in something and he will come in slow. I remember growing up and there was a Christian singer and I was listening to her music and all of a sudden I would get depressed. I was like, man, something is wrong. And I thought just because it's got the name Christian slapped on it, because I'm the kind of person, I don't know if you guys are like me, I will dig in. If somebody says they're Christian, I go to their Instagram, I'll be looking, I'll be like, mm, I don't know. This is iffy here. This is a little, we would do that with our youth kids. We were a little bit more controlling than we should have been. We should have been leading them to hear from the Holy Spirit. Thank you for that. Uh, but we, we still got, they were all still here with babies and doing great. But, but we were pretty intense, you know, because we cared a whole heck of a lot. And I'd send them screenshots. This is the person you're going to see? <laughs> Why are you doing that? They love Jesus? Well, I'm gonna let you make the decision. <laughs> you know what that means. You make that decision. We are talking next week and we are in a meeting. Our, our, our youth kids were terrified if I said, can I meet with you? I literally don't even use that phrasing anymore because of how many meetings I had with people. I just don't even do meetings anymore because I terrified people so bad. I was passionate, but the problem was a lot of them were more afraid to disappoint me than they were afraid to disappoint God. And I don't want that for my children. I don't want that for youth. I don't want that for you. So I'm not coming pastorally to come at you. I'm asking you to really start to bring these things because when I go to the scripture and I see Zacchaeus and I see what he's saying, there was a moment that something shifted when he came down because how you respond will, will determine what you receive. 
How you respond will determine what you receive. We see this in the story. Because Zacchaeus was willing to come down, Jesus says in verse nine, today salvation has come to this house because of how he responded. I wanna jump to Romans 1, 21. It says, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Here's what it boils down to. You are accountable for what you know. See, when people first get saved, they don't know a lot. So there's less accountability on them in those moments because truth has not been fully revealed to them. When people first come into church and they've never heard of tithing, there is a a time period where God is allowing them to process that. But once you know truth and you begin to go counter to that, you are actually now in disobedience towards God. So you spend most of your life striving in something that you should be easily sitting in and receiving. But because you could not be accountable to what God had spoken to you already and shown you in his word, you begin to strive, strive and work and work. And God's saying, this is not how you do it. This is not how you have to do it. You know, it's interesting that in Luke 18, we have the rich young ruler right before this story. And he comes to see Jesus. Because again, we don't have a problem seeing Jesus. This is the easy part. Man, seeing Jesus, he's full of life and love and joy and his presence and his fullness. And I love it and it's amazing. But then he says, what must I do? Now there's a requirement. And see, when you step into this thing that we call our Christian walk, there are requirements. God, what are you gonna ask me to do? And here's the thing. When the rich young ruler walked away, Jesus did not chase him down. He did not go, oh, oh, I forgot to tell you my word. When you give like only 10%, I give a hundredfold. So you actually have more money than you've ever had. Oh, well, he didn't tell me that part. You didn't let me know that. Because here's why. Jesus doesn't entice, he invites. The enemy is an enticer. God is an inviter. I don't know if that's a word, but I'm gonna use it because it works. He invites you in to live with him, to walk with him. Doesn't entice you and go, hey, here's all these bells and whistles. Here, here's all these promises. And, and listen, I am not, we, we have precious friends of ours that run a mega church. So I'm not against mega churches because I can't stand when smaller churches like come after the mega, that's not what I'm doing. What I'm saying is, is there's a lot of salvation numbers that sometimes concern me because did they understand what they were signing up for? Because I want people to know the enemy's got your number now. Like I'm letting you know, you know how you laid down something at the altar today. The enemy's, he's aware now that you now want God to fully reign in your life. So he might've been leaving you alone for a while because you were kind of on his team and now he's gonna wanna come after you. I want people to understand what they're stepping into. We do a lot of pre-marriage counseling. We make it very clear what people are stepping into. That marriage is phenomenal, but it is work. 
And, and, and conversations that last five or six hours don't start at three in the afternoon. They start at 10 o'clock at night, right before your husband wants to lay his head down and you go, so I have something. He's like, oh my gosh, he knows, he knows. I've tried to do better and I've been doing really well, but all the time, why? Because that's, that's part of it. Part of it is you're having to take two normals and try to create a new normal. And you're gonna think what your spouse does doesn't make sense whatsoever. That they can have a tone and talk to you like you're a moron and you don't know why. Because you're just not, you're precious. No idea why this person has to say this to you, but they do. And then they don't understand why demons come out of you when you're mad. And you manifest something they rarely see, but when it comes out, it's noticeable. And it's like, hello, Legion, you're back. And it's like, well, I thought I was set free. So I'm a words of affirmation person. So you say anything to me negative, there's just something, like words of affirmation people, there's something that happens to them when negative words. It's also why half of the staff will keep any email that comes that's through that, that one that I told you about accidentally slipped through the cracks. But they won't tell me those things because I'll just be like, but I don't understand. And, I don't know, and it's like, because people are people. People are going to put expectations and things on you that you didn't ask for. But you're gonna have to just continue to say, okay, God, you lead me. God, you guide me. And we go to these two people and two stories and two chapters and we have one that says, God, what, what must I do? And he walks away and then we have another one that looks at him with the same look like, what do I have to do? I'm desperate for you to change me. And he said, I need you to come down from that tree and come to my house. I'm going to your house today. There's a requirement on your life to be obedient to God. There's a requirement to your calling. There's a requirement to, to your purpose, to how you have to walk this thing out. How long has it been since you've asked God, God, what are you requiring of me? God, what is it? What do you have for me to do? Because one headed towards Jesus and another one walked away from Jesus. And how many of us sit in a service and we can see Jesus and his presence, but we walk out of here and don't change a thing. We don't rearrange any priorities. We don't shift anything in our lives because I'm gonna do what I wanna do. And we think that we're just so different, but we're actually functioning just like Eve. And that moment was, I'm making a decision for me. I'm not checking with my husband. I'm not asking the creator who created me. Right now, I'm doing what I think is best for me. And we mock her and we laugh at her, but we do this day in and day out where we make decisions that we think are best for us. We listen to what we wanna listen to because we wanna feel good and we don't say, God, what do you think about this? Am I telling you to listen to worship music all the time? That's not what I'm telling you, but I'm telling you if you went 30 days, I would, I, I, I would venture to say your life would be changed. Jackie Hill Perry did a whole thing on this and she, she called out and asked people to do a 30-day fast because nine months ago, she was on there and she said, all you oversaved people, you need to leave my Beyonce alone. She went through this whole thing. Nine months later came on and said, I need to repent because I begin looking at lyrics and I begin seeing this and it's idol worship and there's things going on that are not okay. And she said, I'm asking people to do a 30-day fast to see if it shifts something in them. I have no problem listening to leaders that are willing to fall on the sword and say, I messed up. Because you're going to, you're gonna slip up. But parents, I'm telling you right now, you better know what's getting in your kids' ears. Because I know that based on what I listen to, 
it would shift what I'm able to hear up here. Because God spoke that to me. He said, you have to be very careful what you listen to because I need you to hear me sing what I want you to sing and not have other things coming out, not have other things polluting you. And you could say, well, I'm not a worship leader. You're still called to be a worshiper. And if it taints your worship, you need to look to why. Jesus cannot discipline your life for you. My husband, I think he said that at lead you because it, it sparked something in me and I, and I thought of that and I think Wednesday night lead you. He said, Jesus cannot discipline your life, you do. But he'll lead your life. But you have to start putting things in place. You have to start looking. And I would say it's taking inventory. Okay, so do I live in a lot of chaos or do I live in a lot of peace? Am I frustrated a lot? Well, then maybe you're listening to a lot of songs where people are angry all the time. I mean, I think some of it is so obvious or we watch things and it creates all these emotions and all this stuff and we don't know what's going on and we're laying in bed and we're freaked out that somebody's gonna climb in the window and take our kids and remember, we just watched a Discovery ID about this and maybe that's why we shouldn't watch that crap. That's why I said to myself, I was like, I can't watch this stuff. Because I lay in bed and I'm like, can somebody get to the second story window and open it I guess they put that in it. I was like, okay, we ain't watching this anymore. I'm telling you, we got to take inventory of what's happening in our, in our head and our heart based on the things and the sounds that we're allowing in. Sounds of words, sounds of music that in one way, you guys, you got to get this. The enemy does whatever he can to pervert what God created, okay? So whatever God creates, he perverts it. So if God created sound, which he did, to set a captive free, to release those bondages of chains, he's going to create a sound that does the opposite, that puts you in chains, that creates bondage in your life. So until you have a dividing line and you say, wait a second, I have no problem seeing Jesus, but the requirement part I'm struggling with, and it's okay if you're in this place today or you're watching online and that's the part you struggle with. Because I don't know anybody that doesn't. And I'm talking to myself. There are things that God has begun to, to really deal with me about on what I allow in. Because some of this stuff, violence, I can totally just like, it doesn't even affect me. I have no idea why. I can watch something. Brian literally looked at me. I'm telling myself two weeks ago and goes, you watch this movie? I was like, well, that angel. He said, that didn't take out what they just did. I was like, well, they laughing about it. So I just, it was kind of funny. He said, this isn't funny. And I just, I mean, immediately, I mean, he was nice about it, but I was like, Whoa. it's like conviction. I was like, why didn't this bother me? So I began to take that to the Lord because it was truth. Because here's the truth. I would never watch what I was watching somebody do in person, but for some reason, we'll totally do it on a tube. It doesn't bother us. We'll watch scenes. You would never watch two people ever in a million years do in front of you, but we'll watch it on TV. Our parents barely kiss longer than four seconds. We're like, whoa. <laughs> then the notebook came out and we're like, oh, <laughs> that's so cute when they run like that. I'm so, <laughs> I hope somebody does that one day. No. And we, and, and, but we could, when it was the real thing, we we're like, well, that's too much. But when it's put on the television, we'll okay it. And see, I think God is asking and requiring more of us. He's asking us, are you watching things that I, I don't even condone ever? And I think we have to, I'm not telling you to go overboard. I need you to hear me. Don't go home today and throw away every DVD you've ever owned, if, if those are still a thing. Um, 
and, and delete all your Apple TV movies. That's not what I'm saying to do. What I'm saying to do is take inventory and be open. Because I believe God will never put on you more than you can handle. We know that, but you'll put more on you than you can handle. And then you say, well, I must be okay with this. God, no, God didn't give you that. You picked it up. So you need to, don't rearrange that scripture. And what I think begins to happen is we go overboard instead of saying, okay, God, I heard what was spoken today. I'm gonna come down to the tree and I'm gonna let you in my house. I'm gonna let you kind of come into my house and, and, and feel what you're sensing. See, I think there was a reason that Jesus wanted to go into his house because he, he was inviting him. And let me say it this way. The way that Jesus invited him in was Zacchaeus, if you'll let go what you're holding on to so tightly, which was the love of money, you'll have room for my hand now. You'll have room to do what I've called you to do. And I think for some of us, and I think even for some of us that were raised as Christians our whole life, we even more have a little bit more of rebellion. Like, I'm just gonna have this. You're just gonna let me have this, God. I've gotta have one thing that I, it can be bad, okay? I was so good, just give me this. Y'all know what I'm talking about. No, no, okay, y'all all really saved. Okay, great. Um, and, and you're like, and God's saying, you're holding on to something so tightly that I can't give you what I really wanna give you. See, and that's why you're striving in your strength. But if you would open your hands and say, God, nothing's worth me not having all of you. And when Zacchaeus got to that place, I love it because he, he, Jesus said to him, no, Zacchaeus says in verse eight, and Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. Let me explain something what's so beautiful about here. Jesus said nothing to him. This was all him realizing when he invited him into his home, he knew exactly what to do. If you will invite God into situations, if you will bring Holy Spirit into decisions, he will make requests, you get to respond. How you respond is on you. Holy Spirit's not going to make you. He's just gonna say, hey, I just think that this is causing you to see yourself differently than, than God sees you. It's having you question yourself. Hey, you know how the word says that you're full of joy, but every time you see, and, and I believe the convicting power of the Holy Spirit really is just him reminding you who you really are. Because I think condemnation we know does not come from God whatsoever. If you walk out of here and feel condemned, that is not my heart. That is not what I, I'm, I'm trying to have us, and I'm, I, this was me doing this for the past three weeks, take an inventory, God, what am I allowing in? Because I can say all day long that violence didn't, didn't really, you know, oh, I could watch that and it didn't bother me, but I can get angry like that from zero to 10. Why? Because I think of the stuff I've allowed in. And I didn't really know that till I just said that if I'm honest with you. <laughs> so that was a fresh revelation from the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I love when he does that. On a podcast, it's fine. Up on the stage, it's very awkward because I was like, that was really good. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> so I'm getting healed right now, okay? So this is good. And, and I'm telling you, as we take inventory and say, well, maybe that's, I'm fighting against something that I'm feeding. Did you hear me? You're fighting against something you've actually been feeding and it's getting bigger because you keep the appetite alive. But if you'll starve it, it won't get any bigger. 
I think we gotta get to a place that we begin to say, you know what? God, I just want you. I want your truth. I want what you have. John 8, 31, and that's the scripture that says, the truth will set you free. Because here's the deal. He is either Lord of it all or he's not Lord at all. That's it. Either he's Lord of it all or he's not Lord at all. We don't get to halfway do this thing. But can I be honest? We are trying. We're trying to negotiate, God, can we do 90-10? I come 90, you come 10. I come 80, you come 20. I'll give you 80, just give me 20. Let me have this one thing, this one thing I can't give up. This, I, I can't even tell you how many times I've heard people say, I'm just gonna have this one show. Why does that show mean so much to you? Because, because the enemy loves that you're enticed by it and he feels he has a power over you and yet you'll get so angry if anybody else ever shows that they have a power over you and you're not gonna tell me what to do, but the enemy's telling you what to do all the time and you just lay back and go, okay. You know, especially in church world, everybody wants, everybody wants direction, but the moment you bring correction, oh, I can't believe you did that. Well, you asked, so I'm just bringing you truth. People don't want the truth anymore. They want us to sugarcoat what's really happening. They want us to sugarcoat your apathy and we can't do that because we have to answer at the end of the day if we did what we were supposed to do because God instructs me to speak truth. If I don't speak truth, I'm the one that has to pay for it later, not you. But in the long run, you will end up paying for it because truth will be the only thing that sets you free. I love the story of Zacchaeus because I think it reminds us that I believe when he invited Jesus into his house, transformation began to take place in his heart and things begin to shift. And I love what A.W. Tozer says, the Holy Spirit never enters a man and leaves him like the world. You can be sure of that. If we still smell and look like the world, something's got to shift in our lives. If we are still making decisions based on what we want, we're still living based on feelings and based on our emotions, and we are not living and saying, Holy Spirit, lead, guide me, teach me, show me these things. And I, church, I think it's daily. And I'm not saying to get weird and go in your closet and say, God, what do you want me to wear today? That's not what I'm saying. I knew somebody that did that. I'm like, God doesn't care. And she was like, I pray about what color underwear. I'm like, you're weird. And I told her that. Cause I was like, I, I gotta speak truth. Like you told the wrong person that. Cause I was like, that's not normal. So that's not, that's not the kind of relationship Jesus is talking about in intimacy. No, just stop. And I, and I look and, but I think there's so many things that even, you know, I've been, I've been on a journey with, with my health and my fitness. And I begin to just cry out to God and say, God, I just need your help. And here's just something practical. God, God just sent someone to start telling me, maybe, maybe just start doing heavy weightlifting. And I'm like, well, I don't want to compete at CrossFit. And they're like, no, 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 no. I just think your body will respond. Well, all of a sudden, but it took weeks and weeks. And finally at week eight, I lost a pound. One. And I used to do diets all the time. I could drop seven pounds in a week. Now I know it wasn't real weight, but it makes you feel better when you get on the scale, you know? And I began to cry out to God and cry and I just kept being consistent, kept being consistent, kept being consistent. A little while later, it was five pounds, it was 10 pounds, it was 15 pounds, it was 20 pounds. And it was something as simple as saying, God, you know my body, can you help me find what's gonna work for me? Because I've tried all the fad stuff, I've done all the things. And he said, really, it's you loving you for you and loving your body and apologizing to your body for treating it so badly for so many years because it didn't look the way you wanted it to. 
that you could stand confidently in who I've made you to be. That I, I will never be the size of my sister cat. It's just humanly impossible, but I would always look at that and think, oh man, that's gotta be so great. You can eat what you want and the wind would still blow you away if it blew too fast, you know? And it was like, you know, <laughs> and it's like, but then God began to say, but I made you the way I made you. And I want you to love what you see. And so I'm even talking about practical things. I'm not just coming at your music and your movies. I'm saying in life, your parenting and your marriage and your friendships and your relationships. God, help me. God, help guide me on how to do this. How do I become emotionally healthy? How to become physically healthy? God, what does this look like? But we've got to come off the tree and do more than just see a service. Do more than just see Jesus. Do more than just see what he's doing, but actually apply it to our lives and walk out what this is. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast today, I'd love for you to rate it, review it, or hey, even subscribe. Thanks so much for listening.